I mean, I would love to see the headline Returns Ruin Marriages. <laughs> Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Until tomorrow, no code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice. And now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders create freedom and wealth. And thank you all so much for the support. This podcast is now ranking very nicely on Apple in the entrepreneurship category, top 200 in San Francisco, top 60 in Germany, Top 50 in the UK, top 30 in Sweden, top 25 in Italy, top 25 in India as well. So let's keep going, keep rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing. My guest today is Yevgeny Kostromsky. Yevgeny is a startup founder, a data scientist, and a machine learning expert from neural networks to deep learning, from metallurgical engineering to an MBA from EBS to the University of Pittsburgh, Yevgeny founded and co-founded various startups from Baking NLC to BuyNC to Portship. And he is a data scientist fellow at the sharpest mind and someone I am honored to have here. Yevgeny, how yeah. are you today? Um I'm good, good. Thank you for having me. I mean, I wouldn't call myself an expert, <laughs> but thank you. A specialist, because I know in that part of the world, <laughs> everyone, <laughs> okay, which is even better because when people hear expert, now everyone calls themselves expert, but specialist is like the new evolution. Mm -hmm. We should all be calling expert <laughs> specialists. Well, to give a bit of context, can you give a brief story about who you are and how you became who you are, and then a bit about um, Porship, like how did that idea come uh, to fruition? Mm -hmm. How did you come up with it? Sure, sure. I'm probably going to start from the moment I moved to the United States. It was about 11 years ago. I actually was doing some painting jobs. I was working on construction. Uh, then later on, I was invited invited to work in a specialty pharmacy. And that kind of was my first startup experience because this pharmacy was in a chicken coop, regular chicken coop in the at the farm. Uh, so there were just like a five of us. There were squirrels running above our heads, birds flying, bees, anything you can imagine. And then we 
bought out by bigger investors, mo uh, moved to bigger building. That's where I started managing logistics and inventory. I went to uh, Pittsburgh Business School, got my MBA there. That's where I got really interested into data science, machine learning, and I started learning more about this. Then I left my job, uh, started my first startup, Binti. We were in the real estate analytics. Well, first we started as a company who was helping people to sell their houses with a real estate commission. Um, after that, we went to New York City for the startup accelerator called Starter. Uh, that's why we decided to change our idea to more like business, real estate, business analytics. And after after that, unfortunately, COVID came, we ran out of the money, we had to shut down. Uh, and then I guess the just like idea of a courtship came to me suddenly because me and my wife, we constantly shop on Amazon. And of course, we do a lot of returns. Usually people do between 25 and 30% returns. And that's when I would realize, okay, there are so many independent delivery drivers like DoorDash. Amazon Flex, Instacart, they all come into my area to me, to my neighbors every day, multiple times a day. Uh, and why they cannot take my returns and make extra cash. And that's when I started building. I went to deliver for the GoPuff to learn the insights of the process, start building. Uh, was partic I participated in kind of like local pre-startup accelerators called Startup Boost. Uh, I met great found I met great mentors there, great founders there. It's like very amazing program. I, I recommend every uh, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh founder to participate in that. And after that, got publication in local press, started growing, got more got more users, and right now we have about about thirty something users in Pittsburgh, some of them schedule a pickup every day, some of them every week. Yeah, I mean we we're in a stage where we're kinda of like trying to find our product market fit, but at the same time growing our numbers. So I'm I'm kinda of excited to build this thing. Yeah. Okay. Can you please though um speak about something specific? Two things. Mm -hmm. One, for people who might not even be from the US and would like to understand exactly what you do can you in a simple way explain exactly the work you do and secondly where what is the stakeholder or the thing that you wish to grow so that we focus on the messaging from that for that what i mean are you looking for more um, users which is one type of stakeholder or into getting more of mm -hmm. those uh uh, companies that do the the delivery to be participants or to convince someone else because each one needs its own marketing message and mm -hmm. therefore tell me which one is the um, highest priority so two things explain what you do in very simple terms to someone who might not even live sure. in the u.s or know that and second where is the target growth of course um well right now the problem is basically that People buy stuff online and to return things, they need usually to pack things. Even if you don't need to pack, you can drive somewhere to UPS, to Amazon, to anywhere, park your, uh, park your car, carry your items to the store and return and stand in line and return your stuff, uh, which is a huge waste of time, at least for me. 
and I, I see, I guess, for a lot of people as well. And what we do is that when, if you want to return something, you go to our website, you click request to pick up, and then you put your item or uh, a package on your porch. And when the driver is in the area delivering something, they pick it up and take it to any carrier like UPS, USPS, FedEx, or Amazon. And you get the receipt that this item was returned. So we basically the first mile logistic service for the consumer side. And I think we're targeting, we, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to two ways right now. I'm trying to target consumers, but also I'm doing reach out to e-commerce stores. For example, when this uh, e-commerce stores, they usually they pay for the return shipping. shipping. My idea was that we can save them a lot of money on return logistics by combining their returns and just maybe shipping in the bulk or maybe even sorting that. So there are like two approaches right now. And maybe we can we can maybe we can focus on the consumer side. I think that would be more interesting, I think. Great. So I understood, although I see a lot of value in focusing on the e-commerce, but yes, let's focus on the consumer. Let's get more specific. Mm -hmm. What kinds of people either will benefit the most from this, mm -hmm. like they will see constant and consistent and clear and concrete value, and mm -hmm. or the people who are using your um, service, what commonalities might you have noticed? Of course. Of course, first of all, COVID kind of like pushing everyone to shop online. And a lot of people now working from home and trying to avoid public places. What we see is that our main customers are, it's, it's full-time working moms with the young kids. They shop a lot for themselves. They shop a lot for their kids. For example, my wife, she can buy five pairs of shoes for my son, try them all, maybe keep one, maybe return all of them. So that's that's what we see in comp. That's what's common we see in our in our users. Okay, then I will ask you for uh, working moms with children, two things. Can you actually make your brand focus on them and make those the target groups, even like have your website or a sub-brand called Porship for um, busy moms or something like that, which will be really good for your marketing? And second, is there a way, whether through ads or through media, like media for uh, busy working moms or for professional women, or any way that you find it easy, maybe some association or organization, so that you will target your marketing to those ideal people rather than wasted on people who might not fit that demographic? Yes. Um, we tried, we partnered with the local mom blog. It's called Pittsburgh Mom Connect. Uh, and they wrote a blog about us. Uh, the full article, um, which was shared with their readers, their website, their um, Facebook page. But we did not get any customers from that. Um, all our users, all the customers came either from publication in the local press. There were two publications. One was in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Another one was in the next Pittsburgh. And also, um, a lot of users came from 
Facebook groups. So there are like a different Facebook groups for moms, for schools, and because I'm a father, I'm a part of some of those groups, like like our school group, where I posted about courtship. I said, here, what we do offer people like two free pickups. And that's we we got also a lot of users. Great. Uh, yeah. Then two things. One, do you offer free pickups as a trial in general, or was that a special promotion for those people in particular? And second, you spoke about Pittsburgh a lot, quite mm-hmm. significantly. So to ask you, is it a specific choice, or what is the reason why you choose to focus on Pittsburgh first rather than make it a wider um, location? for poorship okay yeah of course um i'm focusing right now on pittsburgh first of all because i live here uh, and it's uh for me it's easier to manage logistics side because if people ha- i we don't have a huge volume right now so we cannot attract a lot of drivers right now because there there are going to be no benefit for them so and oftentimes i personally have to go and pick up the package so that's why we have this geographical constraint. We have I have to be I have to I have to focus on places where I have where I am or I have a friends who are drivers and can, they can do the stuff for me. I'm sorry, what was your, what was the second question? <laughs> the second question is whether the trial was offered oh. to everyone or it was a specific time and I'm going to ask, you know, so trial is one, the other one is selection bias. Or do you have more uh, working mo- uh, moms with uh, children because that's a really great target avatar? Or it happened that, you know, through a selection and it's not even statistically significant and you know the, this kind of stuff very well. What is your comment on it? Do you believe that it is statistically s- significant that single, um, that uh, working moms with uh, children are attracted to your uh, service, or do you wish that we go a bit wider and brainstorm something that might be a bit more significant? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yes, we do not offer free pickups for everyone. It's just like specific for some groups to uh, to attract more users from that group. For the for the working moms, well, for it's it's a hypothesis right now, and. I have not found the proof that it's wrong hypothesis. I but still I cannot find I didn't find uh, it's wrong hypothesis. We still don't have enough users to be 100% confident to say yes, this is our target group. But that's my hypothesis because well, I'm thinking I'm looking to my wife, I'm looking to friends around us and I see uh, why those people are most likely to use us because they usually they're very busy. They have kids. They shop. They work. They maybe work from home. They trying to squeeze every single second from their day, and the last thing they want to waste their time on is doing some returns. Uh, we tried okay. with the with the younger groups, like with the students. That didn't work. Like there was no response from that group. Absolutely absolutely no response uh because i guess the social they like to go to malls they like to shop they like it's not a problem for them to return the stuff 
where for the people with kids, now it's a little bit more complicated. Great. So to ask you, since you have your wife as an example of your target mm-hmm. market, and okay, I'm, I'm going to also ask whether something is feasible. Is it feasible mm-hmm. for you to offer, for example, a free uh, pickup if they refer someone? Because what happened is that people group together who have similar uh, psychographics, which means those busy moms will tend to know other busy moms or at least Mm -hmm. come across them, which means that word of mouth and referral can be a great channel for your growth if you offer them something like, okay, you can have uh, every person that you bring that will uh, join or every person that you bring that will uh, come with us, you and that person, maybe you get a free trial and therefore you grow through demonstration, which is a great marketing channel will this make you lose money which makes it unfeasible and uh, the other thing okay let's begin with this and i'll ask the others so that we're structured okay uh we do have a referral program for so a you a customer for the every refers user get five free pickups right now um what i see i don't see a lot of referrals right now to be honest and i think it's because the covid changed our social life. Before that, moms were meeting at the playgrounds. They had a lot of time to chat with each other. Now they don't have that opportunity, I think. That's why I don't see a lot of referrals right now. I see some, but I don't see as many as I expected. Great. So to speak about the moms, you said Mm -hmm. they want to squeeze every second of the day. So Mm -hmm. to dive a bit deeper, do they want to save time so that they spend more time with their children as a main reason? Of course they do, but I mean, this situation, is this the reason? Or because they're working from home, they have too many things to do, and therefore uh, because they want to have more time for them to be productive, especially in a time where many people lost their jobs and they don't want to risk that job loss, which is another reason. Which one of them could be or seems to be a more relevant reason and driver for them to be attracted to Porsche? To be honest, I think it could it could be both. It, it really depends on the person. Uh, for example, when I look at my wife, it's like the first. She wants to spend more time with the kid. Uh, some others, like maybe it's the second. Um, so it, it really depends. And I, I don't have a definite answer right now. Great. Did you try to uh, survey your uh, lower number, but still those are users that some of them even do it every day? Did you send like some survey asking them the reasons why and a bit more information about their demographics and uh, things like that? I have not. I have not. Okay, Uh, perfect. For some reason, I'm sorry. For some reason, I'm not a big fan of surveys. I don't know why. <laughs> I think a lot of times you don't really get, well, in my case, I don't think I can get the information I need from those surveys. It either has to be full conversation with the people to learn about their day life or, or nothing. I don't think I can get the information from the surveys. I think the best way is to talk to users physically, call them, and have a conversation, ask them many, many questions. But surveys, 
I don't think they're going to work. It's my personal opinion. Wonderful. What? Yes. Did you do any qualitative research like that? Did you call some up or ask them to hop on a call and ask them all the questions that you had in mind? I had a lot of conversations before I launched Portship with uh, with the working moms, with the with the single women, with men, with all all, all, all kind of people, uh, and that's that's where I kind of uh, structure my approach towards uh, full-time working moms based on those conversations before I launched Portship. But I have not had a full conversation with my users. Great. So when you spoke with uh, working moms before, mm-hmm. what made their eyes light up? Was it enough to say, this allows you to squeeze every second in the day? Or did you say, oh, this allows you to save time and that hassle of waiting in line because you need to return whatever you need to return? Or what was the thing that seemed to be so meaningful and a driver for those you you had conversations with that were working moms? Yes. Well, usually when I do uh, customer discovery calls, conversations, I don't tell people what I do. I just want. I just usually learn about about their their life. I I was learning about how they shop, how they return, how they often forget to return something, or they miss the deadline because they don't really have time, or often they don't return stuff because they don't have time to go to post office. Um, I think that's where I was learning, but I never ask people uh, what they think about my product in the discovery calls. Wonderful. So you mentioned something. Uh-huh. You said that they might not even return items because they don't have time, mm-hmm. or they might not. They might like reduce their online shopping because they know, or oh, probably I will need to return, and I don't have time for that. Yeah. Is this? something okay and those working moms what kinds of jobs do they tend to have in general well i mean different um doctors software developers i know hr accountings all 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 types of jobs i would say data scientists (laughs) i understand probably it's your wife as a data scientist correct (laughs) no no (laughs) Okay, let's go back to that thing. You said COVID changed the buying patterns. I'll Mm -hmm. ask two things. One, is Petersburg in the whole culture and the whole kind of uh, zeitgeist and the atmosphere of the place, a -hmm. place where people tend to buy um, online on average, like higher or as much as somewhere like California or New York, just to make sure whether we're even speaking about the right place, because it could be that in the customs and in the habits and the culture of people that they don't, it's not yet that developed, although COVID, of course, pushed it. So can you comment on this? Um, yeah, I think there are absolutely different shopping patterns in Pittsburgh versus New York or San Francisco. And I think the difference... I definitely know that in New York, people are looking more for like fashionable things. For example, when I was researching on the company Rent the Runway, company who 
uh, rents the clothes, the dresses. Most of their volume in New York. Uh, nobody really rents anything in Pittsburgh. Maybe uh, some small numbers. So in Pittsburgh, it's a lot of that casual shopping, I would say. Yes. Okay, then the people who are returning every day, those are not casual shoppers. What kind of people those tend to be? Oh, well, you know, I mean, they they change their shopping habits. They no longer they no longer go to stores. They now just if they need, I don't know, a pen, they go online and buy a pen. If they need a headphones they go online if they need shoes they buy everything online and i like this so now what is your estimation about per week or per day that time wasted in returning items especially now that everything needs to be bought online or Mm -hmm. at least the the habits change toward that well looking at my personal experience i can say that every time I'm returning something, I spend 30 minutes to an hour to return something because I usually have to drive and the drive at least with 10, 15 minutes traffic without traffic, finding the parking, paying for the parking, go standing in line, um, returning something, driving back home. So usually it's like 30 minutes to an hour, depends on the traffic every time. And that could be multiple times a week. So I can say I can easily waste two to three hours every week on doing returns. I like this. It's it's good stuff. Okay. (laughs) Right now, what do people need to do exactly to return something using poor ship and how long does it take? Like what happens exactly in the experience of the user? As well as, are there other alternatives in Pittsburgh that they can use so that they don't (laughs) need to go to the return uh, locations and use those services? Of course. Um, so the process right now, it really depends, also depends on the, the store you bought it from. For example, Amazon, sometimes they allow you to do returns without pay, packing and printing a label. So we help with that. So what people do, they go to our website, they click requesting a pickup, just like one click, they put their item on a porch. Uh, they send us their, Q- their QR code. We go pick it up and take it to the Amazon, UPS, anywhere. So it's like a very simple uh, streamlined process for them. They don't have to you, do a lot you of said They print it. I said they don't need to print anything. Okay. They yeah, don't need to like, print anything. But in some cases, like some stores, they require people to take a box pack their item and put a label on it. So it's really right now, it really depends on the store. Great. Then which store tends to give you like 80% as the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule? Which store tends to be the dominant or the biggest uh, source that uh, the users you have now are returning to? Oh, uh, Amazon, of course. Amazon. Great. And is there a type of thing that they tend to return or everything since it's, you said now people are buying everything? Yeah, I mean, it, it could be everything from clothes, shoes, books, uh, switches, outlets, like anything you can imagine. Great. And then let's say for Amazon specifically, 
they uh-huh. want to return a package, how much on average, I mean, I know you'll say on depends, but then something average that you had recently, you can remember, how much would it cost them to save that time? Uh, and how much like do they pay you, if anything? Oh, yes. So we charge uh, $1.50 per pickup plus additional dollar for every extra item. So if you're returning two items, that would be $2.50. So, okay. And now speaking specifically about your wife, since you know her uh, more than anyone. I hope because so. It's good. <laughs> I, I hope so. I agree. She's your avatar in some ways. Okay. To her, before poor ship happened, and she needed to return some items, and that put her probably in a bad mood. What did she complain about the most? Like she's saying, oh my God, XYZ was so horrible, and I didn't get to uh, do XYZ with my children because of this. Well, she was mostly packing stuff uh, for the returns, and I'm the one who was taking it to either Amazon or UPS or post office, any of those. So I was I was complaining about having to travel there and doing all that stupid stuff where my wife didn't really like all this packing, taping, printing labels. Yeah, I mean, in, in, we always like we used to have like a huge pile of returns somewhere in the corner waiting to be packed or waiting to be returned. Like it, it was a continuous problem. Great. But to make sure, you said for Amazon, they don't always mm-hmm. or often, they don't need to pack. Is this correct? Some, some Sometimes, yes. Sometimes. Right now, uh, you don't need to pack anything. You can just bring it to Amazon, show them the QR code, and they take your item. Okay. Then the there won't be any complaining about the uh, packing by the woman. It will be something else. So if Amazon is making it so easy and simple, well, what is the biggest benefit that makes people pay if they don't need to pack and they use your services to return to Amazon specifically? I, I think it's, first of all, it's definitely saving time. Instead of, again, you, you're dressing up, you, you put your packages in the car, your items in the car, driving somewhere, Standing in line and returning something, uh, you can you can definitely save a lot of, a lot of time. Um, another thing where I see more like on behavioral side, when people returning something, they feel a little awkward. It's kind of like why like people are looking at you well, like why are you returning this? Like people don't feel comfortable returning stuff. And with our case, they just put their item on a porch and they don't interact with anybody. They don't have to kind of look at somebody in the eye, kind of like feeling guilty about returning the stuff. So there's a lot of also like psychological thing. Yes, that they feel guilty about it, as well as looking at that pile of returns there, just looking at them. And they know that that time they're wasting, they could spend with their children. And Mm -hmm. for example... Your wife, when she wants to spend time with your children that is meaningful in this COVID uh, situation, what is her most meaningful or favorite quality time with the children? Well, it, it's definitely we love to do outdoor activities. 
we're all about going to playgrounds, doing playing with the snow, like a- anything outdoor, riding bikes, like it could be anything. I okay, think is that something that is common in Pittsburgh? And second, is it really possible during Corona to do that stuff? Because you spoke before and you mentioned that working moms used to mingle with other working moms in playgrounds and outdoor activities, mm-hmm. while now they cannot do it. So I'm asking specifically about Pittsburgh. One, is there a culture of outdoors or even like outdoor activities that is bigger or more significant than um, New York, for example? Or maybe not. I mean, I'm not comparing anything, just in Pittsburgh specifically. Because, yes, people are in the street. New York, that's an outdoors activity, although now in Corona, it's not happening. And, well, comment on this, please, whether Pittsburgh has a an outdoors activity culture kind of thing. And uh, the other one is working moms, do they still, like, do they tend to be like active and they like to do or to go outdoors in order to let go of, uh, for example, a female doctor or an accountant or something to let go of all that mental work? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> uh, I, I I definitely think there is a pattern in people going uh, doing outdoor activities in Pittsburgh. It became even stronger with the COVID because, well, where do you go? You go to restaurant? No, you cannot go to restaurant. You have to go. I mean, we have, I mean, great parks. So you go, you go to a park with your kid, or you go to playground. But still, if you go to a playground, you don't really have that opportunity to chat with other people because everybody trying to keep the social distance. Thank um, you. And do you use the word outdoors activities or just a quality time with children? Which one would be more relevant for your wife if uh, if someone told her, oh, this is. Now, is quality time with children or this is outdoor times with family or with children or like, what's the thing? And why is that important to her? Is it so that she feels better, which is, of course, important? Or is it more important that she wants to think, okay, I'm raising my children in a loving way so that they become uh, better adults or they will have a better future? Like, all these are important, of course, mm-hmm. but which mm-hmm. one could be the more wow, I need this, this is a top priority? Uh, well, prob- probably it's a quality time, I-, I-, I think. In our perspective, we think it's better for the child to spend as much time as possible outside, exploring the world. Why is that important that the child Why spend just the time? Why is it important for the world? Well, they already have a lot of time on their tablets, on their computers. And I think it's important to explore the world because you kind you can have any kind all kind of experience. I think when when a person opened to world, it becomes more creative, it becomes more knowledgeable and definitely friendlier. When you kind of close yourself in a bubble, you kind of you you stop understanding the other side. You stop uh, stop understanding the other world. Um, you become less creative. So that's why I, think- I love it. But that's too personal to you because you're an entrepreneur and a working career woman will not give that answer exactly. But she will say something <laughs> I, else. I, I agree, really agree. Absolutely. Well, I, yeah. I, think, I think women try. I think moms trying to take their kids outside to 
so they can spend less time on their tablets, cell phones, and computers. Okay, and to make sure during that time that the working moms are out there returning to Amazon or anything else, it's like really likely that their children are at home on a tablet or uh, something like that. So one, it's likely they're leaving their children home connected to those things. And second, what is like the thing that the moms dislike most about children spending uh, time on their tablets? Is it like TikTok or is it this isolation or the consumption of uh, a content rather than creating things and exploring? Or it's that they feel their children are there with their body, but their mind is not there with them, so they're not connected? Or what is one thing that is like the symbol and the biggest important thing? And I wish your wife was with us now, because a lot of questions she would answer with so much juicy information that it would be so good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, usually I think when I see people returning stuff, I don't see kids with them. Um, So usually... Yeah, usually kids are home uh, on a tablet or doing something like that. Um, I think I think it's I think it's great that uh, kids in our age can have the opportunity to explore the technology. I think it's very important. Like I think every like every child in school have to learn how to code. That like like instead of learning maybe instead of learning like second language, learn how to code. Well, at least I can I can say it about my kids. So. My son, I have a niece and a nephew, and they usually ta- they usually home on their tablets watching YouTube, uh, different kind of like cartoons, videos, and so on. And I think the moms wanna do not want their kids to watch to do this a lot of screen time, because well, first of all, like a lot of people, a lot of doctors and uh, pediatricians tell them reduce the screen time. So that's for, first first of the thing they they listen to doctors they listen to pediatrician I do it too and the second thing I think they they want their kids to be healthier when you're outdoor you kind of like you're breathing the fresh air you you're running you you kind of like you're doing physical activities um, and I think they moms think it's good for their kid for their kid's health you know yeah I think that's that's the main driver. Okay, one okay. last small question. The uh-huh. children of these working moms, which age range they tend to be in? Like teenagers, uh, preteen, uh, younger? Because you spoke about cartoons, but I imagine that if it was like someone 15 or 16, they'll be watching TikTok videos or something like that. Yeah. No, I, I think it's definitely like like with the younger kids around like till like maybe age 12. Need a lot of attention. Okay, why do they need a lot of attention? Well, they're well. Usually, they they don't cook a meal for themselves. In the U.S., you're not allowed to leave a child alone who's not reached the age of twelve, I think, or thirteen, or something like that. So there's a lot of like supervision. There are a lot of care for those kids. Uh, when the kids becomes older, they need less care. They need less supervision. Uh, okay, then let's ask another thing. When they need to go then to the uh, to the do the returns, is it like the father who goes, or do they need to get a babysitter or find someone to stay with those children who are twelve and not 
and they need supervision all the time? Or what is the thing that they need to do in order to make sure their child is not alone? Because you mentioned that you don't see people with children when they are returning. So I'm asking, in general, is it really that the women are the ones returning or the uh, husband is the one who is returning, which is your situation? Mm-hmm. Or do they need to like call the neighbor's uh, teenage uh, uh, daughter or something like that to supervise? Yeah. Um, usually, I, th- I think it's, it's the spouse. Spouse is watching the kids. And that's where it actually becomes a little bit more complicated because during the day, you're both working, right? Uh, even if you work from home, like you cannot really leave your house to do the return and leave the kids with another with another parent who is constantly on the Zoom calls. Um, so every time people tend to do returns in the evening, by the evening they're usually like already tired. They want just relax, spend time with the kids, maybe take the kids outside, and that's how they usually forget about the return, or at least don't have the time on the return. Great. So also to make sure in the evening people do go outdoors and they do those outdoor activities, even if it's uh, evening or a bit darker than normal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They. They. I see the people walking with their kids outside, or they go to a playground if there's enough enough light, or just doing any kind of stuff. Okay. Then we can say that working moms. Let's make it for Amazon because you can have sub-brands and the more specific that you are, like you can have Porsche for Amazon. Although it's the same thing exactly, but just calling it like that, people will be like, okay, this is more relevant for me. Mm -hmm. So working moms who want to return packages to Amazon, the problem Uh that they have is they're working all day. And what happens is that they cannot really have that peace of mind because of many, many reasons. One of them is that the pile of returns is waiting for them and they look at it that every time they pass it, it's like stress increases in their body and they don't need that in their life. Second thing is, of course, that with their husband, they need to coordinate it, but the best time they have is in the evening, and the evening is time for children, which we will speak about a bit later. But also, there is that shame that whether them or the husband, when he goes and he feels like, what's wrong with me? People are looking at me funny because I'm returning. And then when he returns home, maybe he's more grumpy, which damages the relationship for them and reduces the quality of their uh, loving uh, Um, partnership or marriage and very very importantly mom wants to be proud of the children that she is raising and she doesn't want that guilt of them growing up in a way that is screwed up basically and therefore (laughs) she will blame herself forever and every time she sees them doing what she doesn't agree with and she feels what did i do wrong well a way to solve this is instead of leaving your children at home, watching YouTube videos, getting uh, indoctrinated into beliefs and thoughts that maybe you disagree with, but you cannot control. And instead of needing either to wait until the evening and being tired and needing to go spend 
each time um, 15, 30, one hour just to return an item in a time where after coronavirus, we need to buy so many things from Amazon, because now we're speaking about Amazon specifically, mm -hmm. you will waste at least two, three hours per week that will get you even more tired. And that time, that time, if you took your children off from the screens and you went with them outdoors to spend quality times together, they will have better emotional balance and growth and therefore they will grow to be the children that you want to be proud of their health will be better so you don't need to struggle in these times where there are so many diseases even the coronavirus they will have mm -hmm. stronger immune system they will grow up healthier with stronger bodies to live longer and give you those grandchildren you can be very proud of that came from a very healthy child and you not going through that pain of seeing your child sick and needing to care for them and that grave grave stress of seeing that your child went to the hospital because of something that if you spent a bit more time doing outdoors activities as well as for the career of their of your children because the future belongs to the creative people your children being just receptive to content from people is passive. It does not grow their IQ, but them going out, exploring, getting into different scenarios, trying new things, develop their creative capacity, making them maybe become the next Steve Jobs or the next Elon Musk, or at least, you know, the next CEO of one of those companies, maybe Tesla or Apple. And that they all depends on what you do today. And for just one buck fifty, two bucks, 50, maybe three bucks, 50 to use poor ship. You are literally saving yourself hours and hours and saving the future of your children and having more time to spend with your significant other and to spend that quality time for your children, saving them from the screens, from the tyranny of screens, from the dumbness of YouTube videos. <laughs> and from the creativity killer of staying at home while they could be outside enjoying fresh air in creating memories that will make them the balanced, mature, happy adults that you will be very proud of. And this is why what Porship stands for. Porship stands for the future of your children and Porship for uh, working moms uh, that want to return to Amazon specifically. That's a sub-brand. We help working moms raise children they become proud of by saving time that they can spend together in the outdoors or just having that warm conversation over a cup of uh, hot chocolate instead of waiting in lines or sending sp uh, their husband to wait in line while they need to coordinate and they're tired, which will destroy their marriage, risk and maybe even divorce and therefore messing up their children even more rather than of having a date night or something like that. So in general, that could be a really powerful marketing for poor ship and that focuses on the emotion, 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 not just, oh, we save you three hours. That's nice. But we save the future of your children. We save your marriage. And we save you from the stress of seeing the pile of returns, just looking at you, just stressing you out or that shame of going to the to the return shop and getting that humiliation, basically multiple times per week, <laughs> the walk of shame <laughs> of going to the return uh, shops. What do you think about this? I believe if you test it and go with people, you'll find it very resonant with working moms and their partners as well. 
Yeah, no, it it sounds great. I mean, I would love to see the headline, uh, Returns Ruin Marriages. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. And the way to begin a headline is simply... Um, Ask them or send an email and say, I had this realization today. Speak about what we said today and then answer below. Do you agree or disagree? And then they will respond with the email if you have that email list. And then any person who responds says, I, I want to speak with you. This is so valuable. Can we hop on a call, please, so that I understand what you need exactly, and I tailor everything we do to fit what you need. And they'll be like, oh my God, that's what's in it for me. It's not enough to say, oh, can you please get on a call? It's uh -huh. please get on a call so that we tailor our services to your needs so that it's even it serves you even better. And they'll be like, of course. And then you get even more juice and value out of them. I hope that was helpful. Can you yeah. just share some insight you have and then how can people get in touch with you or go to Portship to use it and discover more oh yeah i mean we're everywhere like Portship on a facebook or twitter I'm, I'm on a twitter you can also email me at yevgeny at portship.com you can send me a message on whatsapp telegram my phone number is 412-915-1937 so any way you want to contact me you can contact me Thank you. I'll make sure to put your uh, Twitter as well as your website in the description. It was an honor and a pleasure. And thank you, Yevgeny. No, thank you for having me. It was very valuable time. Thank you. Mm -hmm.